Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. We are so excited that you're listening to us. If you want to elevate the experience and see these interviews on video, you can join either one of our Patreons. They are linked in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. In addition to getting to watch the full-length video interviews, we also both have tons of additional content and support for the spiritual community. So go ahead and check those out. And then if you're ever interested in readings with us or personally connecting with us, we also have our websites and social medias linked in the description as well. Feel free to share this episode with everybody that you know. Get the Lick It Like a Lollipop name spread around. And we hope you love this episode. Welcome back to Candyland, all of you sexy motherfuckers. Polly and I haven't talked in literally weeks. She went on a whole murder cruise. We're about to be in for a wild ride, so hang on to your titties because it's about to get crazy. So for those that have me on Facebook, there was a murder on my cruise ship. We went on a cruise to Mexico. And meanwhile, everyone was like, be careful in Mexico. Be careful in Mexico. No one said anything about what could actually happen on the cruise ship. And the way that they just give people unlimited alcohol for literal days at a time blows my mind of like how there's not more mishaps on these cruise ships I mean of course you know when you start paying attention to something you start seeing news and seeing things where in fact yes there is a lot of uh, anomalies but basically the cruise was really really good up until this point of like the energy just shifted and we couldn't get off the boat. They delayed our um, stop, completely canceled it one day. And they said it was because we had a medical emergency and we had a weather emergency. But it was literally so wild to me because we were on the seventh floor, me and Juber, and the murder happened on the eighth floor. And there was one night in specific um, Monday night and we could hear this banging and I'm talking y'all it was like someone was up there moving fucking furniture like to the point where like I'm not a hater but at 2 a.m I was like we need to call down there and like get something going here because it is so loud I mean it was like literally like something was just banging back and forth and so we called down there they came up to our room and were like, we want to hear the noise. Well, you could hear it. They heard it. They were like, okay, we'll take care of it. And so I don't know if that was the murder because like it never happened again. And the murder happened on Monday night. You heard a murder? Literally. Oh, this is the coolest adventure ever. I want to go on a murder cruise. What the fuck? This sounds great. I mean, aside from being the person who gets murdered, but, like, what an adventure. 
at this point, I feel like the universe was just giving me like really good content for the internet because a lot of people uh-huh. thought that when I posted that there was a murder on the cruise that I was just doing that for like like a joke or that I was talking about like a murder mystery like no one really reg- registered that I'm actually saying someone got murdered so we like to call this the unlimited alcohol package in my opinion because like a lot of people were fighting on the cruise ship like not like strangers and strangers but like spouses like husbands and wives because there's a casino on the cruise ship you can shop you can buy rolexes like you can blow some money like for sure on these cruise ships they set it up like that like they set it up like the only thing to do is eat drink and spend money so we heard this sound like and it wasn't just for a couple hours it was for like all night and the guy said that there was a maintenance issue and that something was loose in our ceiling no bro like we've been on this ship for two nights already like this is the third night I know for sure no there's no way like there's no did you hear it after that night no never heard it again never heard it again so how we discovered there was a murder is Tuesday we couldn't get off the boat. And so everyone was, you know, drinking and eating and swimming. And like, we couldn't get off the boat due to a weather issue. But yet Tuesday was the prettiest day that we had on the boat. Like it was sunny. It wasn't windy. It was like the prettiest day we've had. Couldn't stop. But we had to go back to the port we came from on Monday and meet the Coast Guard. And they kept saying that we had to drop off some medical emergencies. So on the cruise ship, we had a heart attack. Someone died. A second heart attack, the person had to go to the hospital. And the third person got their arm stuck in the elevator and it mangled their arm, like ripped off skin, bleeding everywhere. So we just thought it was because of that. But the energy on Tuesday was so different. Like, for one, Juber is never upset and she woke up and was like mad. I mean, she was like slamming things and like was mad at like seven in the morning. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, we can't stop. This is bullshit and all this. And then I was like really sad on Monday night. Like when all this was going down, I was really fucking sad all of a sudden. Like I wanted to go home, wasn't having a good time anymore for absolutely no reason. It was absolutely had the best trip ever. So there was no reason I was feeling these waves of sadness but people started dying this man on the eighth floor literally murdered his wife with his bare hands um no weapon no um no rope no weapon no no murder item (laughs) no rope no weapon he murdered her with his bare hands so what i believe that we heard all fucking night was him slamming her back and forth until she literally died the whole night was what like just slamming her on the floor it was like it felt like someone was moving furniture above your head like but everything is bolted down like in that room you can't move anything because it's bolted down right like it literally was like someone was taking something and slamming it back and forth against each wall and they said 
oh no, you're having a maintenance issue. This is maintenance as thing. There's nothing going on above you. I think we called, they went up there, checked on the people. He probably was like, oh, we're fine. Proceeded to just continue to, I don't know. I don't know if he, like, if he strangled her, whatever he did, but he literally killed this woman with his bare hands, his wife. Actually sad. So then we found out from the people in the pool, it was the room next door to them that this happened in. The person got did hurt. Did they hear noises? So she told me that she had drank a lot that day and she had a sound machine on, like, you know, that you put on for like babies or whatever. And she said that she didn't hear anything, but in her defense, the linen closet separated their two rooms. You know, and you've got all the towels absorbing sound and everything. Yeah. So the linen closet for the cleaning people was in between these two rooms, but we went up there and like looked and they literally had like this lock box on the door handle with caution tape all around it because they couldn't do anything to the room until we got back to the States. So the guy what is so weird about it is like he killed his wife but like did he go tell someone or did they just discover her body where was he at like you know what I mean like they're I mean they take your picture and they link it to like your own ID called your c-pass which has your credit card and everything linked to it so you don't actually exchange any money or credit cards on the boat you have a c-pass so I mean they would have known what he looked like but like there's thousands of us on this boat like what if he just killed her and then went and killed someone else like there's just so many questions that I had but we found out that there was there's a jail cell room that's on the interior deck where it has like no windows or nothing and they had armed guards guarding the, that room which this is like the bottom floor of the boat where like the people who work there and storage and freezers and food and things like that is, but there's also a morgue. So the reason we had to meet the coast guard wasn't because of the person who had the heart attack. It was for the body of the woman. We gave her body to the coast guard. So when they were saying we couldn't stop in Costa Maya on Tuesday, and we had to go back to Cosmel where we came from, that's why, because we had a literal body that had been murdered on the ship and they had to do something with it. They had to give it to the Coast Guard. So I think the reason we didn't stop is because they were so frantic about what happened the night before that they came on the intercom at like 6.30 in the morning, like we're not stopping. It's weather. But yet that was the nicest day of weather that we had, which is crazy because I think that's why Juber was so upset and like angry is because she was kind of channeling that guy's anger. Like we were right under that. Like the floor above us never made another peep after that happened. Like I never heard those noises again. So when the maintenance people came and was like, we're going to check it out. The noise had already stopped because he killed this woman. Like he already killed her. So now this noise has stopped. But I think they were doing that. So we didn't get weird and ask questions because it was like more than just like, someone's rocking the boat having sex or something like it was like a bang like a literal like banging and so that happened and the energy on Tuesday for everyone was just really fucking weird everyone was arguing and fighting and like I wanted to go home even more on Tuesday literally between Tuesday and Wednesday I was like 
cutting people off back home, completely blocking people, unfollowing people. Like I was done with everybody. I was ready to just be done with everybody. Like we were literally on Wednesday down at the front desk trying to change our flight to Thursday. Like as soon as we got off the boat, we were trying to change our flight. That's how bad it was. Like that's how bad the energy was. And what's crazy though is like, I still had such a good time. I would totally go on another cruise in a heartbeat. I love the cruise life. Like cruising was so peaceful because when you're on a boat, everything on land does not matter. You can barely use your phone. Like you have to turn off your cellular. You have to put it on airplane mode. Like you are not going to get text messages. If you have an iPhone or messenger, like you can get those if you paid for the Wi-Fi. But literally, like, it's $3 a minute to talk to people. So, like, you're not talking to nobody. You're not worried about nobody. You're not, like, worried about home. When you go on any other vacation, it's still, like, a home away from home. You know what I mean? Like, you're still going to check your email. You're still going to think about work. But when you're on a cruise ship, nothing else matters. No. Mm -mm. I can, I, you know what, I'm happy to do some type of vacation on land where I turn my phone off or where we don't have reception in a mountain or some shit. I, kudos to you and your fucking thing. Um, I'm not doing, cruises fucking scare me. They terrify me. Brian and I have talked about cruises before. I'm like, I just, nope. And then I end up on the, I think it's like the North Sea TikTok or some shit. And that's where they've got the, like the yo ho song and it's like have you seen that it's like big ships out in like these like crazy turbulent fucking storms and it's like a whole it's called the north sea it's like a whole part of tiktok i don't do i don't like the ocean i don't want to be in the ocean i don't go into the ocean to swim i'm not dipping my fucking baby toe in it I don't like the ocean. I'm terrified of the fucking ocean. That's like not, everybody's like, it's so majestic. No, the fucking Kraken lives in there. Only like 15% of it has been discovered. The shit that has been discovered looks fucked up. I have no business being inside the motherfucking ocean. So when you said you were going to go on a cruise, I was one of those people that was like, be careful out there on those streets, not because of Mexico, but because I was scared of you in the water. Little did I know that it's the vessel upon the water that had the fucking problems. I, I don't know. I'm so glad that you were able to like text me while you were gone though, because I was like so nervous about you. And so you just like, you would just periodically like check in it's like, okay, cool. You're alive. You're safe. You're good. And I was over here like, don't think anything bad about the ship. And then when you said that you, that the murder had happened or whatever, I was like, oh, I would, if I have to go on a cruise, I want there to be a murder. I mean, I don't want anybody I know to get murdered, but like, it just, I don't know, a murder mystery cruise. And you found you, something about you and Juber. You bitches always find the tea, no matter where you ride. I think it's because you're like so friendly and personable and you're so good at like, oh my gosh, we're best friends now, but like, I'm never going to talk to you again. Um, I think you just find all the tea. Facts. Literally, they came to us with the tea. Like people were like, did you hear what happened? I was like, what happened? They're like, someone got murdered. I was like, stop. <laughs> now tell me about this. And like, Honestly, like the thing about the cruise that I truly liked a lot is like Royal Caribbean is actually the upper class, like middle class cruise line. Like supposedly Carnival Cruises is literally like a Walmart vibe and like the people like it's cheaper. 
there's more people on them and they pulled up to the port that one day on Monday and it was like a party like the party never stopped even though people got off that boat it was like during the day and they were out raging um and and carnival also has like roller coasters and really is geared towards like kids and stuff too um a roller coaster on a ship I would totally ride it. I know I would, but this is about to say, yeah, you would. I would totally, I would totally do it. Um, I don't know. It just blows my mind that they didn't disclose that even after we've gotten home. My mom lives in Tampa and there's literally been nothing about it on the news. And another thing that blows my mind is that we were supposed to get two ports and two full days at sea. But after this happened, we barely got one port and then the day that we were supposed to get back was thursday we were in tampa at the port at fucking like 11 30 on wednesday night like we were back in tampa which pissed me off but i know what it was like they needed to get the prisoner guy off the ship before people woke up and before people got off the ship like they had to get him off first and I had been told by multiple people that like they give you these checkout times, but they're really flexible and that people are like lingering off the ship until like noon. Girl, our scheduled time to get off the ship was 915. I shit you not at 915 like we were like, you know, gathering all of our stuff to open the door and someone with a key card scanned the door at 917 and came in and said, you all need to vacate the premises now. So we come down. Tell me why we are literally the last people off the ship. We get to like the customs checkpoint. They don't check anything. I didn't go through a medical detector. They didn't look at my bag. I could have brought literally any fucking thing I wanted home from Mexico and no one checked anything. Like they were so frantic and a lot of the people were so worked up. It just no one no one was worried about it. Like and it's so crazy because I had been told by so many people like just wait in your room like an extra hour, you know, like, you know, they, they don't get in any rush to get everyone off there. They check everything with a fine tooth comb. They didn't check shit. They did not check a damn thing, but for real Mexico, I felt very safe. I mean, Cosmel is like an Island off of Mexico, so it doesn't have like a huge cartel presence or like any of that. Um, it's more just like, um, like a touristy tourist market but it's so crazy to me that one american dollar is 17 dollars and 15 cents of mexican money pesos uh that's crazy to me because literally like they saw us and they were like they got money what what you need what you got i got you you want a shot of tequila i got you like everywhere you go doesn't matter if it's a jewelry store a clothing store it does not matter everywhere you go. They give you shots of tequila, like everywhere. And I don't know if it's just because like they want you to get fucked up and spend money or what, but everywhere I went, I mean, I've declined a lot, but we went on a tour that took us to the tequila factory and they gave us like seven shots while we were there. You got fucked up. I mean, I took them. I didn't want to post them. I mean, I took them. <laughs> but That's a, fun time. a lot of people... I don't think really speculate like if you don't like your significant other at home on land going and staying in a closet sized room with unlimited alcohol probably isn't going to be the best thing for your relationship and I met a girl on the cruise ship 
And the only reason I knew who she was is because one day she was like yelling at her man, like, fuck you. And like going off on him. And so she caught my eye, but it was one of those situations that I could tell her and her friend were like, they were just there for the free cruise. Like this isn't their boyfriends. Like when they get home, this isn't their people. So then one night I never said anything to her that I heard that conversation. But one night we did this little game show thing, which was really cool about the cruise is like every night they had interactive like game shows and like different things for people to like team up. And and it was really fun. So we had joined the team that they were on and we exchanged Instagrams and I've now found out like she's an OnlyFans girl, a content creator had uh, quite a bit of followers, like 40,000 or something, but I knew damn well, like this ain't her boo. No wonder she's like, fuck you. You're getting on my nerves. Cause she don't even really like you. She's only here because you brought her here for free. And she does not like you <laughs> because like I've watched her Instagram since we got home. And literally it's only about her videos that she took on the trip videos that she took in Mexico. No one else is in those, not even her friend, but you know, it's a really cool place to network. There's a lot of different energies, but majority are like older people, like a lot of older people. And I've like, can really say that the price that you pay and what you get to see, it would have cost us way more to try to fly to Mexico, stay in Mexico and all of that. Like to just go there and get back on the boat. I felt very safe. Like, I don't know if I would just like want to go to Mexico because of all of the violence and cartel and all of that in the mainland but excuse me going to Cosmo and going to like seeing everything like we were on this open bus tour and like the roof is open and I had this hat on and I was holding it and still the wind like grabbed it and took it off my head and it was gone I didn't say nothing to the bus driver because I'm just like it's you know it's a Bass Pro Shop hat like it's not a big deal like I'll just get another one and my suitcase was over in the beginning. So I'm like, well, that's one less thing that goes in my suitcase again. So I'm like, no problem. We drive probably 20 more minutes and we get to the tequila factory or like the museum. And literally a lady pulls up on a moped and she has my hat in her hand. And I wish I hadn't already spent all my money because I would have given her $20, which would have been 20 times $17.15. Like two, $300 for her. I wish I could have done that. But yeah, she brought it, followed the bus all the way to our destination and gave me my hat. That's so sweet. The whole time I'm trying to like, cause it pissed me off at first. Like I was pissed. Cause like, you know, the hat's keeping the sun off my face. Like I was upset. And then I was like, okay, one less thing for my suitcase. It's a $5 hat. You can buy another one. Um, cause the other hat that I had with me was like a one of one, like they only made like a hundred of those, you know, it was like a specialty thing. I'm like, at least it wasn't my Holy center hat. Like I've got my Bass pro shop. I can buy another one. And then I was like, okay, it's just an offering. I was like, some, some little kid's going to find that like no big deal. And then literally she pulls right up with it. I was like, I fucking love Mexico. <laughs> That's so sweet. I love that. That was such a really See, cool thing. This sounds like a dope trip. Aside from the aside from the boat on the ocean, this would have been a fun adventure. Honestly, I just feel like people talked up how bad Mexico was. And although like it's very dirty and like ran down it's still a very very beautiful place and everyone was so nice and to just go there like literally like a hundred dollars of our money is like 1700 of theirs 1700 plus 
So it's just like, you can do so fucking much. But like the thing about Mexico that I will tell anyone who goes there, if you're going to buy something, tell them no approximately five times. And you'll go from like $36,000 their money to like a thousand their money. Like they tell you a different price, I think, based on what they think you can pay. And I've noticed that a lot, um, that a lot of places do that based on what they think you can pay. Like I went to that oddities expo and this one guy had all this jewelry and there was like no prices. And I had all my rings on and stuff. And he was like, you look like a ring girl. And I was like, Oh, I love rings. I literally asked him what this price was. And it was a baby ass ring. And he was like, Oh, um, that one's 75. I was like, cool. Here you go. Take it back. You know what I mean? But like, I think sometimes like, in general, in Mexico, they just tell you a price based on what they think you will pay or what you can pay. Like, if you negotiate with them, they are more than happy to, like, take it all the way down. Like, one minute, it's 250 The next minute, it's 80 Well, and I mean, where they're located, too, you go into those shops, those are probably shops that are frequented by tourists often that go on these cruises or whatever. So, you know, that probably is their way of negotiating or whatever they know that there are people that are going to pay it and are going to be like okay whatever and you know and if they're willing to <laughs> fucking pay it then pay it how much in our money is um mexico money like how much is our dollar worth to what theirs is 17 dollars and 15 cents it changes daily but at that time the conversion was 17 dollars and 15 cents is one dollar yeah. So literally like a hundred dollars, like is going to take you really far over there. But the thing is, is like when you go to, we went to a restaurant, which wasn't very good. Um, it was like, like the price for a meal was like 590 pesos. Like, can you imagine living there and you just want to go get a meal with your family? And they're like, that's 3000 pesos. <laughs> like a drink was like 600 pesos. That's crazy. Which is what six dollars? No, um, six hundred pesos. Yeah, I can't do math right now. Divided by seventeen fifteen, thirty four dollars, thirty four ninety eight. Our money. And honestly, I think there's probably different menus. Like here's the tourist menu with the tourist prices, and here's the actual menu for because like if that's the case like how do they afford to go out to eat like how does this restaurant stay open like what are they being paid you know what I mean like no wonder people come to America and they're happy to work for really hard labor for like $15 an hour because 15 times 17 is a lot of their money no yeah. wonder you know like no wonder when people are like no one wants to work anymore uh y'all just don't want to work you know what I mean like there's work everywhere and I'm not saying like people shouldn't make more money like they totally should if they're skilled labor but like hispanic people are very very methodical with what they're doing because they're earning the money here and sending it back there and it's a lot of money back there well and not just them but like you know i think that people who come from immigrant families in general always just have a different experience of having absolutely nothing and having to work for it like going to a new place and having to work for it and they usually have been put in positions where they have to take you know under the table jobs or low paying you know jobs depending on like their um 
citizen status and stuff like that. And there are people that, you know, go and do those types of jobs and stuff. When people say there's not jobs, no, there's jobs that you think are beneath you. And there are people who are saying, I'm willing to take what nobody else is taking because I need to get something. Literally, though. And that's what's crazy about the universe and about the alignment of like, if you want to work for it, it really is available to you. I think a lot of people are just in limiting beliefs and mindsets. Like there is someone out there somewhere that will pay for your skills and your talents, whether you make art or music or have some type of service that you offer, you can build a freaking house, you know, like people will pay quality labor for whatever it is. And like, I've no, we've talked about this a lot about like spiritual practitioners, like taking advantage of people charging like 10 and $15,000 to work with them for a month. But at the same time, another perspective of that is like, if a lawyer charges a thousand dollars an hour, no one bats an eye, like no one bats an eye. So like, why can't a spiritual practitioner who is elevated, skilled and in their power charge that? I mean, it's their prerogative, but like, I don't think it's fair to say like, well, lawyers can make a thousand dollars an hour, but spiritual people can't, or, you know what I mean? Or like American people can make this, but immigrants can't or whatever it is. Like there's always mm -hmm. that double-edged sword. And like, I started really reevaluating, like, I mean, maybe one day I'll charge a lot for a workshop or I'll, or whatever. But at that point, like, I know it will be worth your money. Like I will feel in good conscience and in good faith that that's a part of my story because like, you know, a lot of people just don't realize what goes into the growth into the elevation. So like if a lawyer or a plastic surgeon or someone else can charge a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars an hour, why the fuck can't I, you know, like, and that's the thing is like, I do keep my services a little bit reasonable, but like, we're a lot further than like the $10, $12 free reading days. Right. But like, yeah. I still want things to be accessible. I don't want to just completely shut people completely out of the arena, but I've also thought about really transforming and offering, um, for those that are ready for that type of investment, not $10,000, but maybe like a thousand or something like that. And doing some type of container or workshop where you do get a deeper, connection with me. You know what I mean? Like right now I've built a lot of bonds with people over the time, but I do think that like I'm being called to step up even more and teach even more and share even more. So I don't know. I'm just trying to like see things differently as far as like some people do it because they're taking advantage of others. Some people do it because they're actually passionate and deserve that. You know what I mean? Cause like, even if a lawyer, like you pay a lawyer, and then if you win, they also get like 30% of whatever the fuck you want too. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not just like I paid you to do your job. Now I get my settlement. Like, no, they also take 30 K of your settlement. That's why like my lawyer, he works like pro bono until you win to prove that he'll put the money in, but you're giving him his 30% or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. Some people do it one way and some people do it another way, but I definitely think a lot of people need to shift their mindsets around skilled labor because a lot of people dedicate their whole life to learning something and to absorbing something and teaching it and sharing it. And who's to say how much they can get paid for that? Well, yeah. And also too, 
like I've been looking into tarot classes recently and I made a video about it the other night, like asking, does anybody have somebody that they recommend as like a teacher and everywhere that I'm looking is like $1,300 for the course. And I'm like, I'll pay that. Like I see value in this service, but is that like a normal price range? Like, you know, I don't, I don't even know what the price range for this type of class is. And to me, when someone is, it, it depends on what that person is giving you, what information they're teaching you, what experience they're offering to you with that money too, because that money is just like an energy exchange. So if somebody is doing something where like they're bringing like psychology degree into it and they do, you know, they're doing energetic Reiki healing with you and they're also, you know, bringing astrology into it and like just all of these different things, if they've paid for these courses and this education for themselves, like them charging that much and getting like energetic reciprocation for all of the time and energy that they invested into being able to give people that healing, I feel like that totally makes sense. There's certain people who I've seen charge a whole lot of money. Like there's a shaman that I know that charges like what I would consider to be like a lot of fucking money for a retreat. But when you think about like the journeys that you're going on for that retreat and the food being provided for you and just all of the different things that go into it, I understand the price. Um, and I used to feel weird about even just like when I elevated from that, like, you know, free reading and like $10 reading or whatever, and I was starting to charge more. And I think you were somebody who was like, why are you charging so little for these things? Like, this is time and this is energy. And um, somebody, I, I just thought that like, I was gonna screw people over somehow if I charged what my worth was. And somebody was like, People will literally spend their money and go and get a new tattoo or go and get their nails done or they'll go to the hair salon or they'll go to a concert and whatever. They will blow their money on what they find value in. So some people are going to go and they're going to spend money on material things to look a certain way. And some people are going to invest in themselves spiritually and work on like healing themselves and what they're presenting on the inside. And there's always plenty of people who are like in energetic flow of wanting to like give money for spiritual services or whatever. And also too, when you do charge more for your time and energy, I feel like people almost respect your time and energy more where if they're like, well, I only paid $40 for this. I feel like those people are more like, I can't make my reading in 10 minutes. Um, can you like call me tomorrow at three instead? You know what I mean? Like, like I got those people a lot or, um, people who weren't really interested in it and like, didn't believe in anything that I was doing, but they were like, yeah, I had 20 bucks. So I just decided that, you know, whatever. And so it also weeds that out the more that you are having more clientele and stuff. I can't imagine being so booked and busy that you that your stuff is that much but imagine if like bunny did some type of a retreat she'd have to charge a crazy ass amount of money to weed out a bunch of people because it would be astronomical the amount of people that would try to go in on that you know what i mean
Yeah. And I totally agree with that. Like as I've elevated, I just reject a certain type of client energetically. Like if you're not ready for what is coming through and it's actually not going to benefit you, I don't want your money. I don't care if you see value in it or not. I don't want your money. I just feel like when we go through an energetic contract is like, I have a duty to provide this service to people who are ready for it. If you're not mm -hmm. ready for it, just because you have the money for it doesn't mean you're ready. You know, a lot of people think they're ready to have a baby or they're ready to get married or they're ready to do certain things. And then I think that sometimes they don't realize the binding contract that that is where like now, like I was choosing to be with this person, but now I have to be with this person. Now we have a kid. Now we're married. I have to be, I'm in debt with them. I'm indebted to them. I owe them whatever it is. And I think that I've just really started to re like reject certain things in my life throughout spirituality. That's helped me not only like charge what I believe I I'm worth, but also to like invest in other people that I see value in. Like I am a jewelry person and I like to buy like unique jewelry that's custom and that's one of a kind and like it's never less than $200 or whatever for some people like you spent $200 on that it sees no value for them but for me I'm like I'm building my family heirloom collection like I'm building my heirlooms that I'm gonna have forever that I'm going to pass on to someone one day. And, you know, what people see value in and what other people see value in is two different things. And I just personally don't want to be so readily available to everyone that, like you said, they're wasting my time. It's been a long time since people missed their appointments or at least didn't like try to reschedule in a timely manner because when you're spending over a hundred dollars to connect with someone like you better be there like for some people this is cutting out a concert or cutting out starbucks or cutting out going out to eat or whatever to get this reading so i do appreciate the people that do see a lot of value in it and don't waste my time but also i've noticed like when i do flash readings things like that, people get impatient. Like they're like, when am I going to get my reading? When am I going to get my reading? And that's almost like my biggest pet peeve in general is like where it literally says trust and divine timing. Like I mean that, like, that's what I mean. Like that's the contract that I have set here. And you agreed upon that when you clicked book, like you agreed. And so I have noticed that like the people who pay more never question the timing. The people who pay like the 50 for the email or whatever. They're always the ones that are like, hey, uh, just check in. Did you forget me? Or did you forget my reading? And I'm like, did you read the, the fine print? And they're like, oh, I see now that it says 72 hours after my reading time. And I'm like, yeah, it's just three days. Like the most I'm gonna make you wait is three days. Like it's not like I'm making you wait. It's just that this is how my schedule is set up. But I feel like with the monthly readings, people are way more patient because like they know it's coming. They know it's going to come in divine timing. I have less issues with like monthly clients as far as just like random people, especially when I was really doing a lot of readings and things for TikTok. Those people that were coming from that were super pushy. And even just like going live recently, I went live and there was like 300 people in my live and it got into like is Joe coming back and is Steven here and what's up here and you know should I move and constant questions and so I don't know I mean I'm grateful that people 
see the vision. And I'm also grateful that like, I know when to back up and kind of just reserve my energy rather than trying to push forward and people please. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a tough thing to figure out. And I feel like that's been a strong point that you've had for a long time though, is you knowing when like, okay, well now I need to like have a boundary up, which is why, and you've helped me a lot with that, which is one of the reasons why I think it's so funny that like people think that I'm like the mean one or like the more assertive one, because you're such an assertive person. That's very like, no, this is what you should be doing. You're not really doing this. So like, maybe you could be doing this instead. Or like, I noticed this about the way that you're processing. Maybe you want to do like this and not in a pushy way, but you're very helpful about it. And, um, I like that though, because I don't ever feel like when I'm telling you something that you're taking it as like, I'm complaining. I feel like, you know, that like, if I'm talking to you about something, I'm like, I need a mindset shift or like, I'm just like communicating this out or whatever. And it always feels like, um, a safe place to just be like processing this emotion right now. We'll be getting over it. Just need to like speak this out loud. And you're, you're always, you always got something to say lately though you've been you've been like feistier and I'm like really liking it like it's like it used to be like everything's gonna be so peaceful and it's gonna work out and sometimes now I get a, a text back that's like no it's annoying for real <laughs> I mean we'll just go into like we are so appreciative of all of the guests that have came on and like have honored their commitment but what we also find is like people only want to connect with like the big dogs so they can get something out of it. They're like, oh, why would I pour into this podcast that isn't that big? Why would I even really make this a commitment? Or they'll do something like where they commit to the date and time that they picked, y'all. Like they picked this fucking day and this time. And then the day before or two days before, they'll be like, yeah, uh, something came up. Uh, could we do it tomorrow or can we do it this day or whatever? And then I'm like, no, like we, we picked this date weeks ago. We based both of our schedules around this. Like Gemini has a whole family. We both have day jobs. She's got another podcast. We both have our own LLCs. Like, no, like I can't just do it tomorrow or I wouldn't have picked the day that we picked or let you pick that day. And like, when we put you on the schedule, we've committed to that time. Like I'm not booking readings. I'm not scheduling clients. I'm not making dinner plans. Like that's the time we picked. And I expect you to honor that. And we have people constantly who literally almost like just waste our time completely by being wishy-washy. Like, and then when I come back, like, okay, well, this date works for us. And it's like two weeks in the future. It's like, I can't just get you in tomorrow or next week or whatever like and then they always got like a clap back oh I have something that day oh I have that okay then like do you want to do the interview or not because you're not putting this in a concrete committed zone if I commit to plans a reading whatever it is I'm committed to that like if the energy changes or something changes I'm gonna tell you I'm not gonna like wait to last minute to the day before you know what I mean like that's what's so annoying is it's not like you told me a week ago when you made these additional plans, you waited to see if that those plans would go through and then just ghost our plans or that's the part. 
It doesn't even matter. The reschedule, there's been plenty of times I've had to reschedule on something. We reschedule with each other on the podcast all the time when we have something scheduled and we're like, hey, you know, whatever. Like if you want to reschedule, cool beans. But it's the fact of like literally not like a, a random thing that came up that can't be controlled, but like I planned a vacation that day with my friends and I'm not going to have any cell phone reception. Well, like, when did you plan this vacation? And as you guys planned it, did you, and you looked through your calendar, you didn't see that you had the interview or you just said, oh, I'll reach out to those girls. And then you waited the day before, like what? And that's just a hypothetical thing. That's not calling anybody out. That's just a hypothetical example. But like, I don't, it, it comes across as rude. So then when we're like, no problem, be super flexible about it. And we reach out to you, then it's ghost. Or literally have it planned and then just don't answer the call. Or we've had it planned before and then randomly we try to confirm and they're like, what time was it again? Like they didn't even put it in their fucking calendar. Like that's just like, it's cool to keep your options open, but don't play with my time. Because now where I'm like admiring your journey and admiring your story, now I'm like, I'm going to unfollow you. And when you write back, I'm going to leave you on red because you're getting on my nerves. Like, that's how I am with anything. Relationships, friendships, business partnerships. Like, I will give you compassion and grace. Things are not perfect. Things change. Schedules change. People change. Whatever. I will give you grace and compassion. But when you pursue the situation, you pursue the interview, you pursue me romantically, you pursue a friendship, you make fucking plans and pursue plans with me. And then you treat that like it's an option on your roster of options. Fuck you. Now I don't even like you. Like now where I admired your story or I liked you or had a bond with you. Now you're giving me the ick because if you can't keep your word about basic things, like very basic commitments, you're not a loyal person and you're not a, you're not a real committed person. And I don't want someone who can't commit to anything, like whether it's a damn interview or eating tacos on Tuesday. Like if we make plans, you better be aware of how that looks when you constantly change those plans like it's cool something came up I gotta work today my kid's sick I don't feel good whatever like I'm so flexible and compassionate but it's like when they continue to pursue the objective with no real plans of actually committing to that objective because then they're like oh when can we reschedule and then they leave us on red or they don't open the message at all so it gets buried in their dms somewhere and like I know we're all busy life happens but like, just honor your commitments. And that, that just really feeds onto what Jim and I said about like charging your worth. Cause people are not going to waste your time. Like the girl that does my eyebrows, she used to do like the 50% cancellation fee. So if you canceled within 24 hours, she still got 50%. She changed that shit to a hundred percent. So it don't matter if you don't cancel 24 hours or greater. So she could actually book that appointment. You pay a hundred percent of the service. And guess As what? You should. People fucking show up now. And that's the same thing with my stuff. Like I've never had anyone just ghost me unless it was a free consultation reading when I used to do free readings, had people ghost those all the time, treat it just like it was nothing. But when it comes to like, you're spending 75, 85, a hundred dollars on something, people show up and they have a good time and we, we connect and do what needs to happen. But you know, that's why like, I don't know. I mean, y'all better get it while it's hot. Cause like I may get on a rampage this summer and up the price again. Cause that's the cool thing about being your own boss is I, if I want to raise, 
whatever I want to raise, I don't got to ask permission. Like, it's just like, I don't feel like fucking with $50 readings anymore because they try to rush me or I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm going to delete it off my site. Like nothing is permanent. So like, get it while it's hot. Like take care of your business because the offer won't always be there romantically, businessly, platonically, whatever it is, it's not always going to be on the table. So either eat or get up. Yeah, see, that's what I was talking about when I said you're all spicy now. I like it a lot. I'm over here like, yes, fucking tell them. Polly Pocket Gangster Bitch Edition. We're approaching Oh my yours. gosh. When I was talking to Jasmine and her friend Brian, I put it up on, I'll have to send you the whole video if you want to watch it. Um, I put it up on my Patreon, but we were talking, I took the clip out. We were talking about you. And he was like, you call her Polly Pocket. And I was like, dude, like she has the accessory, the purse, the outfit, the everything, the, the hair's on point, the nails are done, she, the lipstick's done. Like, I, I, I'm i like, she'll tell me, I'm about to look a mess on this, on this Zoom. And then we get on the Zoom and you're fucking perfection. Your eyebrows are done. Your titties are to the roof. Like you're ready to go. Absolutely not. And, um. So I was like, yeah, she's like a Polly Pocket. And then Jasmine's like, she is. Oh my God, she is a Polly Pocket. So listen, I I love it. I like it a lot. Also, I've been listening to this book. Um, it's called Existential Kink. And it's um, a book that my friend Willow Moon recommended to me. And it's basically like the underlying thing is all about like how you secretly find pleasure in the things that you don't like. And um, it's just like, it's a fucking fascinating book and it has all these different mindset things like shifts to things. And it totally motivated me for like hello losing weight before summer and like going back, like I was on a journey before, but I wasn't really... I don't know. I was on a journey before, um, but I wasn't really working on like the mental health aspect of things. And I think that has a lot to do with like ways that you treat your body, things that you put in your body, um, ways that you see yourself. So then you don't change your body because you think that like, it's never attainable and like, you're not worth it. Just like all these types of things. So I'm, I'm, listening to this book and I'm like absorbing this information and I'm like, okay, so like my weight loss journey is not going to be just like a weight loss journey. Like I really need to focus on like triggers and mental health and like different things. So I'm thinking about how I'm going to do that. And I'm scrolling Instagram and I find this trainer that's like basically saying all of that, like how LinkedIn your mental health is and how during winter time people can go into like really seasonal depression and like your body wants to go into hibernation and, you know, like working on your mental health and your physical and whatever. And last time that I had tried to be with a trainer, I got really frustrated because I went into it telling her very clearly, like, I want to learn about my body and learn how to like take care of my body myself. Like I want to understand why you're choosing the foods that you're choosing and like what the macros are for that or like whatever. So that like, this can be something that's sustainable when I'm not paying you anymore. Right. To like understand it. And she didn't give me any of that type of information. And then the meals that she would give me were like, they had been literally chosen for somebody else. Like I don't like eggs every single meal had eggs in it. And I'd be like, Hey, like, I don't like 
eggs. And she'd be like, oh, let me change that for you. And she'd change one thing about it and like one recipe or whatever. And all the rest would be eggs. I just felt like I felt really frustrated and I paid a lot of money for that. And the thing with me is like, if I'm, I'm wanting like a certain level of like support and also somebody to like be accountable. So, and I don't like feeling brushed off by things. And so I felt super brushed off by that. And I'm hoping this will be a different experience. Every time I get a trainer that says they give you a meal plan, they do that shit. Cause deep down, a lot of these trainers have an exercise science associates and they have absolutely nothing in nutrition because you've got to have a bachelor's to really start taking nutrition and those types of classes. So every time I got a trainer, like, yeah, they have some kind of thing or associates in exercise science, but like they don't have any true knowing. And like what I've learned is a lot of people just regurgitate what worked for them. Like that's where like the coaching personal training, coaching and spirituality, whatever, like people are just giving you what works for them. And I mean, I don't consider my myself a coach, but I give people what worked for me. Like it may not work for you, but I do help tailor it specifically to your needs. Like I'm not going to give you a bunch of affirmations about body dysmorphia. Like I had, if your real blocks are around abandonment or around unworthiness, right? Like, I don't know. I think nutrition is its own like arena so hopefully they do do that for you but I would just say like a lot of times shit looks good on paper but like they have no nutrition background whatsoever so they're I work for a nutritionist though so like I've had like the nutrition element of things for a long time and so I guess that's where I got frustrated too is like I'm already working with the nutritionist so the information that I gave to that trainer was like hey before I even signed up, I already have this person. I'm already working on like the nutrition side of things. I'm needing like the physical side of things. And I don't know. I, anyways, it was, yeah. Makes me frustrated. Even like going back and talking about it. I'm just like, it was a very frustrating like experience. Well, I mean, that's kind of how I felt when I joined that container. She called it illumination. And it was literally just a bunch of sob story bitches to put in a room. And they she just charged us all to be there. Like, I could literally go to a fucking AOL chat room and receive. I could go to Reddit and get more. You know what I mean? Like, it was like she charged us all to basically be put in a room together where a lot of people idolized her. And so then she used us as like her like hype men you know like oh you're so great it's going so great and like that girl even though I reached out to her and was like I got nothing out of this like she asked for our feedback and I was like like a month left of the container I was like I'm not getting anything out of this that I didn't already have and then she started saying well you were just more advanced when you joined and maybe you should have considered that you're the one that said you had something to offer this is not what we got and it was just shit. It was just shit. And like, honestly, that's what hinders me from charging people an X amount for a collective journey. While I do it on Patreon, um, like monthly with certain people, because it's definitely a lot of pressure to try to pull a bunch of people together. And like, you know, the discord and the community chats and things like that are a little different. Like they're not like, you're paying $2,000 to be there. Like when you paid 11 and you don't open it for two weeks, not a big deal. You paid 1500 
it's a big deal all of a sudden. So that's what's made me uncomfortable is some of those experiences that I've had with coaches or people, even personal trainers. Like I just can't find people that really have their shit in the way that I want it to be. Because I'm like, I don't know. Like I saw a guy today and he like, he just looks like he works out all the time. And so everyone kept coming up to him, asking him questions at the gym. Like he was a trainer, like, even though I know he's not, he just works out all the time. And it's just like a lot of the things that we need, it just is trial and error, right? Like just doing the things, doing the hard stuff, trying our best, learning what we can. But sometimes like coaches and especially in the spiritual arena, they're just scammy they're all like if I read your post and every time you're trying to sell me something I don't fuck with you yeah I I feel like when I was first starting out on social media I did a lot of MLM which is like multi-level marketing so basically selling shit for other people's companies And there are a lot of people that are my age and even a little bit older, well, our age that come from MLM backgrounds, and then they end up starting their own businesses. And I've always, ever since I stopped doing those companies and I looked back, I'm always like, they were literally fucking just training you to be a slave and push sales for them. Like I... I literally had people above me and in, in these things that would be like, you guys are just being lazy. You know, I have all these girls underneath me. I did it. You guys should be doing it too. Like, you know, whatever. And the posts that they used to post, like they used to say, fake it till you make it. So girls would be posting like, get a $10,000 bonus and like whatever. And you were told posts like this all the time. Like you're, I think it was, like they had like a three, three rule. So you have to post three things about the business and three things about your personal life to like make people be your friend. And so whether or not people did MLM businesses or they just had like a lot of people around them that did it, there was a very specific like niche of people who were promoting like that on social media. And I almost wonder if some of the people who make all the posts the way that they are now is because they think that that's how like they run their business. That's how they've seen people on their pages run their businesses. Like they think that that's going to get people's attention. I think shout your fucking self out and share your stuff and talk about what you offer and what you do. Like there's a reason that you're doing a business. You're going to sell yourself, but also I'd like to see about people's like lives and like different types of content in between. And I want to see something funny on your page or something that I relate to other than just your service, because then I'm like, I I don't know anything about you. And that probably just bothers us because we do post other things about like our life and our world. And we're just like, so is your whole personality just trying to make money or are you going to, you know, share anything about you? Yeah, I think that a lot of people like see influencers or people making money on the internet and they think like, oh, I could do OnlyFans or oh, I could do this or oh, I could start a business. And then it's fucking hard. Like, I love whenever I see people like downplay sex work, not realizing how fucking hard it is. Like, very, very hard. Like, you can be naturally sexy and naturally sexual and still not be good at OnlyFans and still not be good. It it takes more than just being pretty or being smart or being whatever to do certain things. And I just feel like so many people are like, 
their their mission or their prerogative is like you ain't shit without my service or you're not nothing if you don't book this service kind of thing and that's like I don't know like Facebook and Instagram selling the blue check marks made everybody think that they're important like that everyone has the capacity to feel important and a lot of you all are not that important and I don't mean that in a mean that's way. so mean <laughs> I don't mean that in a mean way I just mean like your ego has went through the roof because of the internet and in real life you need to focus on real cultivation of true friendships and connections and partnerships and business associates but like this internet shit is like a game and y'all think because something gets a lot of likes or views that it's legit or that it's good and actually Russ the rapper I admire a lot of his perspective he was saying earlier on threads how this generation of people have no concept of what they do and don't like that they're only attracted to like the hype like oh that got a lot of views that got a lot of likes it must be good music it must be good content and I don't mean like y'all aren't that important I mean like you're giving your power away to the internet and as soon as the electricity and the, the lights go off baby who are you you're wrapped up in this illusion of what you present to the world, your, your highs, your wins, your gains. But like, what about that raw authentic expression that really does make songs and music and art and things that change people's lives? Like, what about the impact? I guess, like, you're not that important with your blue check mark bouncing around telling everyone they need your services because at the end of the day, are you living purposefully? Like, are you living virtuously or are you just wrapped in your internet image is what I'm saying. Like, you're not that important except on the internet. <laughs> and then we go back to real life and I promise you, like, you've got to set with yourself and you've got to acknowledge, like, am I doing this for monetary gain, for ego recognition, for the hype? Or do I do this because I fucking love to do this? Like, you know, I'm just convinced that so many people are used to watching celebrities do shit that really isn't in alignment with them to get famous, to to be known and to be recognized. And they lose themselves in that. Like they may go win Grammys, but they sold their soul in some way, shape or form to get there by compromising their beliefs and compromising their truth and compromising their integrity so I don't give a fuck about a blue check mark or thousands of followers or whatever it is like if I connect with you and ask you to come on the pod or ask you to collaborate or something like that it has nothing to do with your following your blue check mark with your whatever because I see right through all that I see through what people project and that's why it's difficult for me to build new relationships because a lot of people like the light that attracted them into my life is also the light that illuminates their shadows. And they're like, whoa, I'd rather not deal with this. I'd rather not be triggered by this. And they go back to complacency. They go back to their comfort zone. They go back to the friends that encourage them to be the worst version of themselves. Because it's always been said that when you start growing and you start leveling up and elevating people will automatically be removed from your life because they do not serve you. And that's where a lot of people don't want to wake up because they're like, I don't want to disrupt my comfort zone. And so when I say like, you're not that important, I mean, who are you without the internet? What does that blue check mark really do for you? Or what are them 100,000 followers really do for you? Besides make you think that you're so special and that you have some magical 
power over other people. Like a lot of it is a competition and they have put us on the internet, shown us the likes, shown us the views so that we compete with the next motherfucker. Instead of just worrying about your own life and your own integrity and your own purpose, people are over here trying to be something they're not. So if that offends you, so be it. Then you're not that important. Just kidding. <laughs> um, now, when you break it down that way, I I agree with what you're saying. I think that a lot of people, actually, I was watching this video on TikTok and this lady owns a restaurant. She was talking about how um, somebody came into her restaurant and was being super rude to the staff and was not kind. It was being very demanding and was asking people if they knew who she was and said that, you know, she um, was, you know, famous on TikTok or whatever. And the lady's like, none of us knew her. I went to her profile and she had 900,000, you know, 900 something thousand. She had almost a million followers and whatever. And she's like, but I didn't know her. And she was not a kind person. And the way that she was portraying herself online is not the way that she was behaving inside of my restaurant and not reflecting like the way that she was treating my staff. And she's like, you being somebody on the internet doesn't mean that you're a good person in person. And I was just like, damn, that's true though. I mean, that's, I, that's even like it is what we were talking about before with like our experiences with people sometimes like they portray themselves to be one way and we're like wow I fucking love that so much that's dope I'd love to get to know you and talk to you and then it's the energy of like you weren't important enough for me to keep this going with so but if we had 500,000 followers and they thought they could level up because of us, then they're first in line. Like a lot of people don't answer the call until they think you're going to give them something they don't already have. And that's why, like, if something has fell out of alignment, I no longer chase it. I'm just like, okay, bye. Like you didn't see value in it. Bye. You didn't see value in me and my platform and this connection and this relationship and this friendship, whatever it is. I'm like, bye. And honestly, it starts giving me the ick because the things that I liked about you have now been proven that that's not really who you are. That's who you portray for the internet or that's who you portray on your good days. You know, a lot of people will show you whatever version that they think they can manipulate you with normally. Like, and the internet is like a glamour spell on crack because it's edited it's changed it's manipulated it's altered in some way to give you the impression of wealth or or success or whatever yeah energy don't lie i don't know my thing is like there's been plenty of times just going back on like what we were talking about earlier with like the canceling and, and whatever, there's been plenty of times when like I've canceled and I haven't given enough notice or I think about it later, but like in the moment, whatever, I haven't done things as inconsiderate as like directly saying I made other plans and not going to be able to do this. Um, but you know, so I try to have grace for people and I just hope that when other people are like, oh, fuck, I, you know, I should have reached out to them or whatever, have like heartfelt apologies about it or a recognition of like, I wasted your time in some way or just like a follow up. Like that's, I just hope that that energy, like I'm still open for that energy and that shift to it of like, I'd really like to do this. Sorry, you know, whatever. 
I'm going to put that out into the universe. Oh, I like this card for us. I poured a, I pulled the human design card. I got 38 for the portal. It's like a golden elevator. The sign is Capricorn. The gift is perseverance and the shadow is struggle. Beyond the shadow is a battleground for the underdog. You possess the will, stamina, and invigoration to fight the good fight and to stand up for a grand purpose greater than you. You are animated by your vision for a more unified world, and despite the incredible nature of your objective, you come equipped with the unfailing armor of truth and perseverance, which defeats the lower frequency expressions of fear, lack, and resignation. You know intuitively which movements and people deserve your energy. With joy and fortitude, you enter the portal and you go up into a realm of expanded consciousness where every obstacle is a vehicle for transformation. And then the shadow is struggle. The lower frequency manifestations of the shadow are cloaked with struggle, whether internal resulting in a lack purpose action or external resulting in an outward projection of fear. The difference between the shadow and the gift concerns the nature of the fight within you. Are you striving towards oneness, utilizing your gifts and talents for a cause beyond yourself, or are you unconsciously choosing separation and seeking self-preservation at all costs? The shadow keeps you guarded and isolated as a defense strategy. You are unable or unwilling to see beyond your subjective lenses. Your themes are ignition, perseverance, unification, and determination. That's beautiful. I, we are so grateful for everyone and our candle collection is coming out this month so, i'm burning gemini right now you guys it's like so this, there like, are a lot of candles for the Candyland theme and we have special surprises that will come in each package and we're just really grateful for this opportunity and we look forward to seeing you all next time in Candyland. Yeah. And um, also, if you're on the top tier of my Patreon, so the Gifted Witch, you guys have the option, too, if um, for your monthly gift one month you want to do um, candles, I'll send you some candles from the candle collection as your gift. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Love y'all. Bye.